What is up, wrestling fans? Welcome to take two <laughs> of the pay-per-view point here for the fast lane post-show. Now I've gotten my audio sorted out where people can hear me, and I can not only talk to you, but I can hear just Rob and not myself 16 times over repeating. <laughs> yeah. That is uh, that's some that's some stuff, Tony. That is some stuff. So yeah, you should know the score by now, especially if you've been listening to the past couple of minutes, especially if I didn't even erase it from the <laughs> thing. <laughs> I'm Tony Mango. I've got with me Robert D. Felice. We're talking about fast lane here. The pay-per-view just ended a few minutes ago. A couple more minutes ago now that I had to restart this podcast. <laughs> we got some people in the live chat here. We got Marco. We got Guest 5. We got 101 Chains. What's up, everybody? We got Marco. We got Marquise. And uh, yeah, um, <laughs> th this is indicative of the, the day that I've had. I I'll yeah, say really that. I, I've been not having a good day. Uh, I I've been very stressed out and annoyed today. And I'm going to bury the lead here. Fastlane didn't help. <laughs> I I will be playing role of optimist on this podcast. You very <laughs> much will. I, I'll bury this lead as well. This is already on my list of worst pay per views of the year. How could that possibly be? Because I didn't. Show. I didn't like almost anything about it, and the things that I wrote down as highlights were basically me saying. Well, compared to everything else, this was a highlight, but on a normal show, this isn't good enough. Uh, well, look, I, I think what was... <laughs> Marquis says, hit... Tony's best, this is going to be a great fucking show, boys. <laughs> Listen, I think what hit, what was supposed to hit, hit. There are going to be some things that I get salty about because they should have happened the last month at Elimination Chamber. Mm -hmm. But... You know, we'll we'll get there. <laughs> I I I'll bury this lead. I loved the ending. I think the ending was done very well. I thought the ending was good enough. Well, we're gonna severely disagree. There. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna talk top to bottom, left and right, diagonal, and uh, figure out who does a little tic tac toe. I guess I don't know. I'll be X. You could be O. All right. <laughs> Somebody, somebody's got to figure out some kind of mathematical formula that'll go with the podcast and it'll be like, technically speaking, you know, Callum won or something. Yeah, well, Callum always... Callum won because he's not here, because he's sleeping right now. <laughs> <laughs> I thought Callum won. <laughs> well, I want to know what everybody else has to say. So if you're in the live chat, you know, chat it up. If you're listening to us afterward, drop a comment below on YouTube and tell us whether you agree or you disagree with Rob or myself. I want to know what you have to say because... Yeah, I'm going to be playing the part of pessimist here and cynic. And if Rob's going to be more on the optimistic glass half full side of things, I want to see if people are on the which uh, side of the spectrum, if they're in the, the middle range, you know, the gray area or I don't know, maybe you're on one extreme or the other. Um, we're going to talk about the kickoff, starting things off, because that's the kickoff. It's kind of the point. We saw that Caleb Braxton replaced Charlie Caruso. Not another uh, good sign for her. Well, well, let's let's talk about that, shall we? Let's talk about Paul Heyman on Talking Smack, straight up saying to dig at Kayla in character, ladies and gentlemen, we got rid of the wrong female journalist around here. <laughs> I thought that was hysterical. Yeah, I like when they do those kind of things. I, of course, don't like the idea that there's this whole situation with Charlie, but 
when they can play around with that, I find it fun. Um, so, I like, listen, I'm never going to complain about more Kayla Braxton. And uh, I think she's great. Kayla's fun. Kayla, uh, she obviously she did a good job with doing that. Um, yeah, me saying that like uh, a negative about not having Charlie there isn't a negative towards Kayla. It's just a more, oh, I like Charlie from what I know at the very least. And um, I was like, all right, well, that's a good sign that she's probably gone. You know, uh, we also got on the kickoff this whole thing with Braun Strowman and Shane McMahon. All right. So I, I just said I was going to play the part of <laughs> Optimist, but this, I will say, pissed me off. We knew, we knew on Wednesday that they weren't advertising this match. They had the balls to advertise this match on SmackDown, even though they had stopped advertising it on the website, only to go, hey, it's not happening. Shane McMahon got injured. Yeah, I don't like when those kind of things happen because this is a planned switch up that, I mean, we're going back and forth. I mean, between a Bleacher Report article and the podcast and everything, we're all going like, are they doing the match or are they not? Because it's not on the website, but they're advertising it on TV. So already your wires are crossed. And that's not a matter of wanting to like play it up to the audience a little bit, you know? Because there's no positive to not having it up on the website. And we've talked about it before. We, we don't like when they do things like announce a match for NXT just to push it for the next week, just for the sake of gotcha, tune in next week, that kind of thing. So I don't like that whole thing. I also, I'll spoil my opinions about the later match. I don't like what they turned it into later on I either. Hate what they turned it into. I, well, let's be real. I and mean, this will be a theme for the next probably longer than the next three weeks, but at least the next three weeks of podcasts, you're going to hear us say over and over, or at least me, they don't care about anything because there's people in the audience and most of these matches will rely heavily on when the bell rings, nobody's going to care. Yeah, unfortunately, piping in the... uh... This is awesome. Chance doesn't work quite the oh, same. No, we're gonna talk about that. Wait, wait till we get to that. So it figures that that was gonna be something happening, and they did the whole idea of this bait and switch of you know we'll we, we'll let you know later on what happens. And I'm sitting there going, all right, well they they pulled the match. They said it was happening. Then they said it was maybe happening, and now they're gonna pull it. And later on, they did. Um, but we, before we did that, we went into the rematch for the United States title match, which I mentioned before in the, uh, predictions podcast that I was not into because as a general rule of thumb, once you've done a match, unless you upgrade it in some fashion, or it was so good that I really want to see it pop up again, rematches are always going to be a negative for me. Um, Even with the end result here, cause this, this yeah. has a pretty big end result, like they split up retribution. Let's cut to the end here. Uh, yeah, because the match Riddle, itself was just rewatching the same matches last time. Matt Riddle beat him with a middle rope bro Derek, which is a dumb move. And <laughs> uh, Matt Riddle won. And uh, Ali starts yelling at his dudes like, ah, oh, this is your fault and I'm mad at you. And Reckoning is the first to walk away. Then Slapjack walks away. 
And then Mace and T-Bar don't walk away, but they give him the high justice. Making it seem like I guess they're going to stick together. It's just like, we don't like you. Yeah. Or at the very least that Mason T-Bone or T-Bone <laughs> T-Bone. Okay. Well, you know what? T-Bone's a better T-Bone. Well, uh, you know what? Dijakovic, if you're listening to this, go by T-Bone, you know, <laughs> T-Bar and Mace, uh, they might stick together as a tag team and we might get like Slapjack might go back down and be Shane Thorne again in NXT and Mia Yim can be Mia Yim. Mia Yim should be Mia Yim on the main roster. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we don't even know if they're going to get rid of the masks. You would assume they, that they do. They have to. Mason I, T-Bone. <laughs> I kind of like Mason T-Bone. <laughs> Wasn't Tyson T-Bone a thing? Did he get fired from speaking out? That was uh, Tyson Tarver? No, wait. Michael no, Tarver. Michael Tarver. Wait, who's Tyson T-Bone? Oh, wait. Tyson T-Bone's NXT UK. This is the day that I've had. <laughs> I apologize. I'm scatterbrained today. So anyway, uh, Mason, you are do the high justice. <laughs> they leave and they're like, yeah, we did that. No more rulers. So Ali's back in the nothingness. Um, Dijak and Dio Madden can easily be a great tag team. Uh, Medium would be great for her because she can easily just restart. Medium is far better than reckoning. <laughs> The only one who kind of falls into a trap here, besides Ali, is Slapjack. But Shane Thorne's a good enough hand that they could just put him in NXT and he could just be Shane Thorne again. It's not going to be like a great uh, career trajectory, but, you know, I mean, you were Slapjack. So (laughs) it's like. Here's the kicker, though, and I really want to talk about this. Retribution will forever live as a complete 100% entity of the pandemic. Yeah. They'll never know what the fans would be uh, chanting. That's insane. Because there's always a chance that Drew McIntyre wins that title back and we can get at least some indication of what he would do as champion and the same for a couple of the other things that have happened here and there, but yeah, Retribution, I would assume, would have not gotten the best re- uh, reactions well, in the world. Let's be real. It, if the pandemic never happened, we would have never gotten a Retribution. Right. But I do think it sucks that it's officially just this weird entity of this weird time of no fans and social injustice that like bled its way into in a weird way onto WBTV. And I don't know. I just feel weird about it. Shout out also to a couple other people in the chat. We got Bodine. We got Michael Patrick. We got uh, Joshua Reyes. And some of the comments here. Um, Marquis says, Shane is a goddamn dumbass. Kill this feud with fire. <laughs> Michael Patrick says, are we really surprised, though? I knew they wouldn't do the match for the uh, Shane and um, Stroman match. We'll get to that a little bit later on, too. And <laughs> the Mason Tebow thing that's still making me laugh. Do you chant laughter? Just like laughter, laughter, like that kind of laughter. chant. <laughs> laughter. <laughs> you get uh, Leah Rush to, to chant that, right? Laughter. La- 
And Michael says, uh, Retribution is the love child of the shield and the oddities. Fans in attendance would have destroyed them. Yeah, probably. Although that Maybe. would have been fun, you know? But, like, if they could have capitalized on what people... Because people were feeling Ali. When Ali turned, they were like, all right, this is cool. If we can get something here, this... Go-. And God bless this man. Tried so hard to get over this narrative of, like, I changed their names because, you know, I people have made fun of me for my name my whole life, and I want them to feel my pain he tried and it just wasn't meant to be you know what maybe would have gotten that whole people made fun of me and uh criticized me and everything for my name thing if they would have brought somebody in that was named like gertie <laughs> <You know? laughs> one of those kind of names where it's like oh man you named your kid that like you know <laughs> So I ultimately feel like this is one of those scenarios where this didn't need to happen because the match itself takes up however long it was, I don't know, 10 minutes or something. And it leads to retribution disbanding, which I just think to myself, why couldn't that have happened on Raw? And then I go, well, because if it's a bigger deal on the pay-per-view, then why did the match happen on Raw? It could have all happened here. And that's what I hate about the way that a lot of things are booked these days is I don't think there's enough to get as much as they're stretching things out to get out of. Like you can feed a family of four with one pizza, but only if everybody only eats two slices. And if you're the type of person who likes to eat three, suddenly you're still a little hungry. I kind of want pizza now, but I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, <laughs> I kind of want pizza too. It's going to turn into snack talk again. So the retribution thing, I'm glad that retribution is no longer or seemingly no longer going to be a thing, but it's not something I can praise because first off, retribution was awful. So getting rid of something that's awful place. is only a good thing in the sense that it's not continuing to be a bad thing. It officially took the place of the Nexus as, like, the worst booked faction ever. Because the Nexus was at least in the main event of pay-per-views. The Nexus was legitimately, like, the back end of 2010, a huge storyline. This started out in the main event of things, and then it just died. And then when you get into the whole idea of that we already saw this and everything, then I just, I can't say that it's turned things around and made me super happy about it. It was more so, I could have just watched that on Raw, skip it. And that's what I feel about a lot of this. My overall takeaway for Fastlane was it didn't need to happen. And I feel like I wasted three hours or four hours or whatever of my time. I understand that take. I do. But I I just don't get why people are choosing this vastly. And even though I'm sure you've said this in years prior, but it really feels like this year so many people are saying, well, this show, it just doesn't need to happen. And it's like, yeah, but there's always one final pay-per-view before WrestleMania. And this year, it had to be this because you can't go to Saudi. You can't, you know what I mean? Like, you can't do that stuff. 
So they had to have one final show. It should have just been Chamber, though. Because, like, our next match, the first match of the card, was a rematch from Elimination Chamber, the Women's Tag Team Championship match. The last match, what happened? They uh, retained the titles because the two challengers, Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair, just weren't able to get the job done because they weren't working that well as a team. And then in this one, they have a generic match. And then they lose because they can't get the job done and work as a team. So it's the same thing, except for there's a slap at the end. This No, this one was more definitive. This one was a lot more like Sasha getting in Bianca's face, saying, I don't need you here. Whereas the last one, they were at least trying to be a team, and there was the weird element of Reginald. And this time it seemed like, no, they they just cannot get along and they're ready to fight at WrestleMania. And there was still a weird element of Reginald, but it was less prevalent than last month. Still though, this should have been the match they had last month. Right. And you could have just done anything. And I still say, you've heard me say it on every podcast that I've been on from the Paul Heyman Smackdown podcast to WrestleZone to Fightful, just fucking book them. Training. That's all you need. Training montages. You're overcomplicating this. I at least like the slap. Especially because you can hear them verbally interacting. And Bianca goes, oh, no, 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 you're not going to do me like that. Bam. And I really thought Bianca was going to lay her out. I was like, there's there's no way Bianca's going to let her walk. She let her walk. Which I was a little surprised. But at least this match, they're fully enemies now. Sasha's a heel, Bianca's a face. I said it before, I'll say it again. This one in particular really doesn't matter because the bell's going to ring on April 10th in what should be the headliner, and the people are just going to chant, this is awesome, because they're having the match. Still not something I can praise. Absolutely not. I'm not saying that you should. Yeah, so, uh, like, and if it, hopefully, of course, every match at WrestleMania is a banger. And considering how talented Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair are, I'm expecting that to be a really good match. But if that's the best match that's ever happened in the entire history of pro wrestling, I'm still going to look back on this feud and go, yeah, but the feud was bad. Yeah, but nobody else is. Everybody should, though. That's what everything should be the case. People have very short attention spans for this stuff. Their philosophy really has become... Well, if you just put the match and you book the match, that means you did it right. It's like people, I don't get, I don't get on a rant. <laughs> but it's like, it's like people just play universe mode in the video games and they think that's how booking works. You put the match and you say, do the match. And it's not, it's, it's, it's not. Like, you just need to tell the proper story. And the story exists between these two women. And yeah, Michael Patrick in the comments is absolutely right. It's all about moments. They no longer book stories. They book moments. Here and... at Smart Out Moment, though, I'll tell you, the <laughs> moments leading up to this, not digging those moments. <laughs> hey, Rob, did you ever decide on attending Mania? Yeah, I won't, I won't be because they want to have 25,000 people there. And to be real, they're doing the collective and stuff. And I don't, I don't trust covid and i'm gonna be real i don't want to be a hypocrite if i have sat here and said 
I don't think these people should be doing this. I don't want them to go out and do it <laughs> because I can. Rob's going to go, but he's going to be one of the cardboard cutouts. I, I might be. You never know. <laughs> so, yeah, the women's tag titles stay exactly where they are. And that means that we've got three weeks to build basically the majority of the hook of this match because they've wasted two and a half months just kind of going, ah, ah, they're, they're kind of friends maybe, but not really. And you knew that they didn't need to do that. Mm-hmm. It's like, but again, they, they're so set on 2021 philosophy of like, no, no, but this is how you get there. Cause you gotta have this, you gotta kill the time instead of just like in 1993 when they used to just cut the same green screen vignettes every week and it worked <laughs> Boudin says that's how burgers work you put the meat lettuce and tomato on the bun forgets to cook meat <laughs> yeah yeah that's you know I guess you know I'll use another food analogy this is what I assume this is what I assume that WWE's booking philosophy has been recently. COVID's terrible, and it's throwing everything for a loop. And I am willing to give like credit where it's due that this is significantly harder than it should be because you never know when something's going to happen that's going to change things, and you don't have a crowd to go by, and you know it, it's harder. Yeah, but you have those days where you're doing something like you're moving or you're super busy with work or whatever. And instead of planning out a good meal, that's healthy for you that you really enjoy. Instead, you just go, we just got to eat. You know what I mean? Go get McDonald's. And you end up get, like eating a bowl of cereal for dinner because it's just like, well, I got to eat. I think that that's what WWE is doing a lot recently, which is, well, we just got to get to WrestleMania. As long as we get to WrestleMania and it happens, then we'll go, all right, well, then let's see what happens after that. And I'm not having a whole lot of faith that what happens after that is going to be really great either, because then I think that there's going to be a little bit of a tendency to say, well, we got through the hard things so and now we can relax, which that's not how that works either. So I'm worried that the build to this WrestleMania has been so lackluster because the creative forces don't necessarily care to put in that extra bit of work. And then WrestleMania is going to hinge entirely on the quality of the matches and people will lose sight of the fact that things weren't good leading up to that. If the matches are bad, that'll be even worse. If the matches are good, praise the matches. Yeah. But don't I, praise I, the feuds that I'll were go bad a step further. I'll, and I, I'd like to, Potentially rescind that whole optimist thing. I, I'll go so further <laughs> <laughs> and say, you know, here's here's the reality. Here's the thing. It, uh, it doesn't even rely on the quality of the matches. They're relying strictly on audience participation. The matches can suck, and the people can chant Randy Savage the whole way through, and they'll just go, isn't it great? We got people back. It's so great to be around the rowdy WWE universe again. Oh my god. Very opinionated. We don't care if you're booing or cheering as long as you're making noise. Corey, haven't you missed this? Uh, yeah, Michael, it's been so nice not to react to fake noise. Ha 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 ha. Oh, we'll see you tomorrow for the fake noise. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, it's I'm like, just not feeling like this is supposed to be the best time of the year. This is the biggest show of the year that we're leading into. And I feel like this is the type of build that is not this is like Fastlane doesn't feel like a pay-per-view to me. Fastlane felt like a bad episode of Raw. I I resent that. Okay, look, it was a good episode of Raw. Well, we're going to get more into some of these other things because on this quote unquote good episode of Raw, Shane McMahon said, hey, Elias, you're taking my spot. That's exactly what happened on an episode of Raw. <laughs> and I, I will make the point that that was one of the weaker moments of this episode of Raw. But before we get into that, we got the Intercontinental Championship match, which if you've seen Big E beat Apollo Crews and then you saw the rematch where he beat Apollo Crews and then I think you saw another rematch where he beat Apollo Crews this one he beat Apollo Crews in like a way that the match was pretty much just getting started from what I felt and it ended and it ended in what it was that a botch was that the way that they were supposed to do it I think they were supposed to do it where it looked like they were both being pinned didn't come and off well to me at all. It didn't come off well, and it came off like, well, Biggie got him again, and Apollo attacked him again. And they're just going to do the match again. Which... I don't feel like they're going to do the match again. I feel like they're just going to go, they're going to do that thing that they do at WrestleMania time, where they skip doing the match again, and just go, here's a ladder. Look, I found a ladder. Because I'm going to give them the steel ladder. And it's going to be a you know, four-way, five-way, six-way ladder match. Even then, I'm just sort of like, man, if everything is the, that the it leads there. to something, and it leads to that it'll lead to something, and then that leads to that it'll lead to something, and then that leads to hold on, and then then I'm just like, then none of it matters. See, I, I genuinely think that we're getting to the point where Corbin's just gonna win the IC title at WrestleMania as a big fuck you. It's just like, because I don't want to see Apollo Crews versus Big E again. No, I and I like it, Apollo and Big E, and I was interested yeah, in their feud, that. and I like his heel turn, and I like his ring gear, and I like, I like I so much of it. The accent. If he's gonna sit there and say, no, I'm being real now, whatever. I like so much of this. There was one issue, and I said this, and it actually it pertains to Ali as well. They had to win because you can only do the thing where, hey, but I turned heel and I showed character. You have to win. Mm -hmm. You don't deserve five rematches if you keep losing. Because aren't we in the era as well that the automatic rematch isn't supposed to happen, yet apparently... It just works the opposite way now that the loser keeps getting rematches. See, I told I told Sean this because one time he was like, we were talking about, I think it was Miz and Lashley. Like, have they ever explained why Miz got a rematch? And I said that they just need to reinstate that rematch rule. It was easier. It was easier because you're doing it anyway. Yeah, <laughs> you're, just... you're doing it anyway, except for this time, you're just not paying attention to it. <laughs> Or you're doing the thing where you do the, you know, you have to beat the champion in a non-title match to have the match again, which means that you've already just seen the match for the third time, and then now you got to move on to the fourth match. And and the reality is, this is why you can bitch and moan about John Cena and Randy Orton having 15 matches in a row 
to the WWE Championship in 2009 all you want. But I'll, I'll offer you this. Every single one of those matches was either a different stipulation or a different winner. They, they gave you a reason for them to keep fighting. Mm-hmm. It didn't matter. Yeah, and so what? People don't like hot potato belt issues. I have no issue with it because it gives you a reason for them to keep fighting. If you're going to keep doing the match anyway, there's no point. Just flip-flop the belt. Yeah. Apollo needed to win here. The fact that he lost again just means he's a loser, but now he's a bad guy with an accent. Yeah, and I, like I said, I don't want to see another one. And it's not a dig at Apollo, and it's not a dig at Big E. It's just, I can't keep watching the same thing and care. Unless you're going to give me a reason to care. And if the reason to care is, but he's angrier, come on, you can do better than that. And if they do a thing where he just wins on SmackDown on Friday, I'm going to be real mad. Yeah, because if they do that, it's serving the purpose again of saying that the pay-per-views don't matter. And if the pay-per-views don't matter and the TV just builds up to the pay-per-views, then none of it matters. That's just how logic works, you know? Um, so I felt like the match was just getting started and I was starting to get into it. And then it ended with this weird pinfall. And I'm like, crap, not only did the match end before I thought that it was supposed to, but it was a bad finish. And that means that you're just going to repeat it again. And like that, that all three aspects I don't like. I know that like this isn't the worst thing that like you know it's not the worst thing in the history of pay-per-views or anything i'm not saying that it is but it's another negative on this pay-per-view that makes me go why did i watch this right and it's it is hard to stretch this because what where do you go apollo fights biggie on smackdown and then then what oh apollo wins and now he's gonna defend it in a ladder match Or worst case scenario, you know what it is? On SmackDown this next Friday, they say we're going to have a face-to-face or some kind of we're going to have another promo. And Big E talks about how I beat you again. And Apollo's like, yeah, but that's not right or whatever. And then they fight. And then it goes, this just announced Big E against Apollo Crews for WrestleMania. And that's it. And it's just literally another rematch. They go, yeah, this 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 feud's been so heated. Just because somebody fights a, a bunch of times doesn't mean that it's a good feud. I agree. And, you know, there's certain TV series that go on forever. Doesn't mean that it's the best TV series in the world just because it's got a lot of seasons. Look at The Simpsons. <laughs> ah, you know, oh, quick sidebar. I promise I'll make it quick. I tried to watch the most recent episode of Family Guy last night. It was awful. It's so bad. I couldn't I, I put it on. I couldn't make it through like five minutes. It's just not good. And it broke my heart. I, <laughs> I remember when Family Guy was really good. And that's kind of what this feels like. Because Michael just said, I just said Simpsons out loud naturally. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, that's that's kind of what this feels like. I have gotten to the point where if I'm not actively covering Raw, like, for example, tomorrow night will not be my night to cover Raw, I won't watch. I'll do something else with my time. And even, like, two years ago, I would have never, ever 
actively skipped Monday Night Raw. But it's just gotten to the point where it doesn't feel like it's worth our time. And that's unfortunate. I said it on, might have been the pay-per-view point predictions for this one. It might have been a hot tag or something. I don't like the idea that you're better off enjoying Raw by not watching Raw and by watching the clips. Because that's not how you should do that. A three-hour show shouldn't be better if you only watch eight minutes worth of tweets. So I will move on to one of the things that I actually did like about this pay-per-view event, which is that Rick Boogs is around. He's not Rick Boogs. He's Joseph Average. (laughs) He's selling some Old Spice. And he inadvertently ended up winning the 24-7 championship and then immediately losing it back to R-Truth. Now, the positive here isn't that it's a commercial for all Old Spice. I almost said All Spice. It's a different story. Uh, the positive is, hey, Rick Boogs. Haven't seen that guy in a long time. I like Rick Boogs. I like him. And the fact that he popped up again means that he hasn't been completely forgotten. So that's that's good. You know, <laughs> it's like, okay, good. Rick Boogs is still around. And he gets a 24-7 title reign, technically. Although good, under the name Joseph him. Average. And good for him. I have to remember to add Joseph Average to my list of people that are extra characters throughout the year. <laughs> I don't know if he's going to end up being the best of the year or not, but <laughs> like he says, what Joseph Average? What the fuck kind of name is that? That's good. Actually, I kept pitching an idea for Curtis Axel to be the son of Mr. Perfect, Average Joe Hennig. That's so good. <laughs> and like, <laughs> I just don't know I'm just the regular anymore. average Joe. <laughs> it's at least mediocre. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> average Joe. Like that. Yeah, that would have been great. See, you know what? Better. That joke's better than 90% of the fast lane card. <laughs> yeah. Then we had the Braun Strowman versus Elias match. It was a generic match that you would totally skip over if it was on Monday Night Raw. It doesn't matter at all. And nothing happened. Shane didn't do anything afterward. And Strowman didn't get involved in anything. It was a complete waste of time. Yeah, I hated it. Because you knew damn well that you weren't going to do this match fast lane. We even said we're not going to do the match fast lane. What the hell? It's just uh, one of the many, many flaws of this. And if this was the one thing, then it still wouldn't be good. It'd still be a flaw. You know, you. You strive for perfection. You don't expect to achieve perfection and you shouldn't be judged as awful if you're not perfect, but you strive for perfection and you acknowledge that if you screw something up, it's a screw up and you try to not do it again. But if this is a bad thing and it's on a card that I don't think that has really any other positives, then it's just worse. Because then it's just one thing in a laundry list. So I hated this segment. 
Yeah, I hate I, this rivalry. I, I'm not liking this feud. I don't like this whole idea of just Shane thinks that Braun is stupid and that's the end of it. And in particular, if this isn't even going to advance that or do anything, then it's even worse. Because then, I don't know how long the match was, probably like six minutes or something, but I want those six minutes back. So give it to me. <laughs> yeah. As they should. I... Look, I don't know. I I can't defend this. I, I'll defend everything after this, but I can't defend this. This was awful. This feud is awful. Braun Strowman is just the new big show. And he's not even that good. Carl says porn star or superstar. I don't know what that was referencing. Joseph to... Average. Joseph Average? That would easily be a porn star name. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, this point, if I brought it up, it would have to be, well, it's a wrestler. I mean, there might be one. I don't know. <laughs> there might be. We have to look. We have to look. But <laughs> and uh, some of these other things in the chat here. Uh, Michael Patrick says, "I'm officially back in the Shane has some kind of medical situation camp." First up promo. Now they throw out the match. Uh, look, I, I hope that both men are healthy. If they genuinely throw out the match because Shane isn't healthy, that's scary. Yeah. Then there's a whole extra problem to go along with this. Boudin says, Braun what a match versus Sermon versus Elias or was. versus Shane's kids. Huh? What's that? Nicholas versus Shane's kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do that. Why not? Um, Bodine says, first Elias showed his genius by avoiding Strowman, tiring him out. However, then Strowman used his power to attack a resilient and tough Elias. However, the master strategist Elias then channeled his inner Bret Hart and attacked Strowman's leg, tiring out the big man. Elias then hit a near fall with the Thunderdome, popping to both men. <laughs> you come in play by play, Boudin. Um I, I think he's just, uh, you know, yeah. letting us know how good the match is. <laughs> Channeling his inner Bret Hart. I like that. Riddle uh, was backstage. He was talking about how he wants to trick out his scooter and make it more of a I stallion. Hate, oh, my God. oh my God, I hated this. See, I don't hate that. How can you not? It's so dumb. It's so dumb. In the grand scheme of all these other things that I hate, I'm like, all right, he's playing a stoner character and he's being a stoner. I'm okay with that. <laughs> he's like, one time my cousin Skeeter, who's a skater, was on a scooter and then he fell and now he walks like you when you do your entrance. <laughs> <laughs> that to me is not something the... If that's the only thing on the card that would have been like, hmm. Then I'd been like, all right, well, whatever. But I thought that that was fine. And given the choice between something like that five times over or the Braun Strowman and Elias match. And I like Braun Strowman and I like Elias too. It's not, it's not their fault when these things are booked the way that they are. It's the way that they're booked. So I didn't like that. But I did like the Seth Rollins and Shinsuke Nakamura match. That was one of the better matches of the night. I thought it did its job perfectly well. Rollins beats Nakamura the way that he should, and Nakamura didn't look bad. Rollins gets a win. Thumbs up. I love this. Specifically because when do you see people just win with their finish, and that's it? Like, it wasn't like, oh, he kicked out of the curb stomp. Nope. He won with the curb stomp, as he should, because he's going to WrestleMania. Nakamura doesn't look bad because this is one of the most featured spots he's been in in a while. And 
this was a strong match. I wasn't as big on the No Holds Barred match as I was hoping that I would be. Drew McIntyre beat Sheamus, and that needed to happen, but I don't think that this lived up to what it could have been. I think that they're both capable of a much better match. See, I disagree. I think it was a good match. I think it was a great match. However, this will never be remembered, and that's simply because of circumstances. At the end of the day, like in five years, we'll be able to look back on this era and go, okay, there's some gems here. You know, there's this match. There's uh, Sasha Bailey, Helena Cell. There's, uh, I don't know, a lot of the Randy Orton, Drew McIntyre matches. There's the Randy Orton Edge greatest match ever thing. But right now, these matches will never be talked about because they'll just be like, yeah, they beat each other up, but there's no fans. And this had the, this had the worst moment in the history of WWE commentary to me. Where... Tony, they piped in this is awesome chant, as they have been for the last uh what? Uh seven uh, months? Six months, maybe Something? seven months. What's well, in SummerSlam? These people, Tom Tom Phillips in particular, <laughs> said the WWE universe showing their appreciation. Yeah, I didn't like that at all. I was like, holy shit, he, he's assimilated. He has assimilated <laughs> into this thing. He believes it. He believes in the Thunderdome. He has completely lost consciousness. He thinks that there are people there. He said the WWE universe showing their appreciation for this match. It's fake noise. Maybe it's like the Peter Pan idea. Like, I do believe in fairies. <laughs> if you believe enough that the Thunderdome is real, then real people will show up. I cannot believe that that was a real moment that really happened, Tony. I totally can believe that. How? Because it's just, who cares? That's a lot of the philosophy. It's just act like it's real. And if you don't go along with it, then that's the type of criticism that comes afterward of... Well, you're just not having fun. You're not willing to suspend your disbelief and you're, you're a sourpuss, which I don't subscribe to. But, you know, it's the type of thing that bugs me with a lot of other things where if you don't like something that's like a DC entity, people say, oh, you're just a Marvel fanboy and you only don't like it because of that. It's like it's not that black and white where... If you have suspension of disbelief, you have to suspend 100% of your disbelief and act like everything is absolutely 100% real. It doesn't work like that. There's levels. And right. I'm willing to, like, look, Undertaker is my second favorite wrestler of all time. I'm willing to pretend the dude's got superpowers. <laughs> I'm willing to act like he could get buried alive and come back and be perfectly fine or that he can be put in a casket by Yokozuna and float through the Titan Tron. <laughs> I love like it. it's, it's cool. I like it. But when, you know, when you have the whole, like all the crowd in attendance is whatever. And we know that that's not the case. Stop lying to me. Yeah. I'm not that stupid. <laughs> I can be stupid enough to do some of the things that I said at the beginning of this podcast where I'm saying Tyson T-bone and, uh, mixing him up with uh, Michael Tarver and T-Bar, but, you know. Michael T-Bar, yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, I wonder if it was a directive 
or if the poor guy just legitimately heard the chant and out of instinct reacted like, hey, the fans are showing their appreciation. I think it was instinct. I don't think it was planned. I hope it wasn't a directive because that's just terrible. I can forgive human error because that's what you would normally do. But if it was a directive, like that's silly. Carl says WWE Universe is just a nickname for the sound crew. (laughs) There's like Um, five people running the soundboard just going, yay. (laughs) So we did see a commercial for Mania where Corey Graves said, yeah, get out in the Tampa sun. That felt weird to me to hear them like, okay, they weren't just advertising it as like, hey, it's Mania. It was like, hey, you get to go outside. Come on. Going outside's outside. been allowed. <laughs> yeah, but they haven't been allowed to say it. It's like, you know, I, I don't know about any particular county ordinances or anything anywhere that are like, nope, can't go outside. It's just a matter of you can't, you know, have big gatherings of people without wearing masks. And, you know, Texas. it's not like we're vampires. I might be, but... <laughs> Yeah. According to your wedding illustrations, you are. Yeah. Stay tuned for the wedding fund uh, podcast, <laughs> yeah. everybody, because that's a thing. Um, well, let's talk about this no holds barred match. Before we get into more about the specifics of the match, let me just toss out a couple other plugs because I've completely forgotten to do that because my brain's fried today. There's the Patreon, patreon.com slash moment. There's the same thing for Fanboys Anonymous. Patreon.com slash Fanboys Anonymous. Ah, look at that. And if you want us to do more things, you want us to do specific things that you can take advantage of with the Pick Your Poison tier, then take advantage of those different tiers that are those options. There's also the dark casts and the bonus features. We uh, do these Patreon-exclusive things that are classified in that way, and we're going to be doing more and more and more of those. So donate to that tier. Donate a buck if that is what you think that we're worth a month. And five bucks and up is, you know, ad block forgiveness and there's different things like that. So anything like that is greatly, greatly appreciated. And it really, really will help a lot going forward in a lot of different ways. And there's also the applause button on YouTube. There's the join button, which is the same as the Patreon, just on the YouTube side of things. Like maybe you're not super trustworthy a Patreon. Maybe you want to do keep things more on YouTube. I'll carry things over the same exact way. And hit the like button, hit the share button, and do that kind of stuff. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter and blah, blah, blah. There are some of the plugs. No Holds Barred match had some elements to it that I do think are worth talking about, though. One of them being the Braveheart face paint. Love it. I'd have thought that this would have been a WrestleMania thing. Might still be, but I would have thought that he would have saved it. I think Randy wanted... Uh, Randy. I was looking at Randy. Pictures of Randy. I'll get to that when we talk about that match. Uh, I think that... McIntyre wanted this match to feel like Mania because he loved Sheamus and he wanted their match to feel special. Probably wanted it at Mania. Yeah. And to be fair, you you kept pitching that. I kept telling you, no. Like, that's not Mania. But looking at what Mania is, I guess it was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Should we add this to the list of the uh, the Fiend is just Bray Wyatt in a mask? And <laughs> well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to praise something they did with the Fiend, even though it's going to be more like a... I will, too. Yeah, well, we're probably going to praise the same thing. <laughs> um, 
I'm always willing to praise what I like and trash the things I don't like. That's how it works. So the Braveheart face paint was cool. Yeah, I liked uh, it. I, I like the fighting in the Thunderdome aspect because I like that it's just rows and rows and rows. So I, I always think that's a cool visual. No boats, though. I like... It's going to be funny to say. Seamus is so white. that when he How gets white hurt, is he? He's so white <laughs> that when he gets hurt, you can see every nick, every scar, every bruise because the dude gets like battered and he really showed the effects of this match and i like that yeah i don't think i don't think that this was as good as it could have been because my two takeaways spot wise were the white new no words the white noise through the table which is kind of a, a basic move it's not nobody's gonna remember at the end of the year best and worst spots of the year oh the white noise through the table like, it's more than I would ever want to do, because I don't want to do a damn thing of this. <laughs> but it, it's like, it's, it's good. It's not great. And I think that that was like the second best spot of this match. The other one being the uh, Thunderdome screens. I love the Thunderdome spots. And that, uh, I don't think we're going to remember at the end of the year either. That's kind of where I sit with this match. It was good, but we're going to. We're not going to remember it at the end of the year. Because <laughs> why says I'm going to remember that just to prove you wrong. <laughs> it's going to be at the end of the year and you're going to send a message that's going to be like, remember that and thing and I'm going to be like... I'll be real and we're going to laugh. I, gonna you know go. what? I'm not going to laugh because I'm going to go, the wait, what part? Because I'm not going to remember it. So well, I'm going to forget. explain it to you, you'll laugh. And I'll be like, oh. Oh, yeah. That was back when uh, the, the sun shined outside. And, and you could go out in the sun at WrestleMania, you know? Let's be real. You might just go to Brazil and stay in Brazil. <laughs> like it might just happen. Let's be real. I won't wake up tomorrow. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> uh, why do I have the I word like rats to, written down? Oh, I'd rats. Like to remind yeah. you all to donate to the Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> it might be Tony's funeral fund. I don't know. <laughs> That's okay. I'm a vampire. You know, we can just bring back up. Uh. Suplex on the concrete. Not ever going to do that. Ouch. And it seems like McIntyre might be injured. From what? Maybe from that. Maybe from something else. But that whole part at the end where he was uh, posing on the ropes and then struggling. I don't know if he was actually just selling. I'm or doing. he's just selling the match. I'm hoping he was doing a really good job. But I'm nervous that he might actually have tweaked something. Can you imagine... Snake bit WrestleMania. Oh. Right. You know, the way that a lot of these things are playing out wouldn't shock me. Obviously, I'm, I'm hoping that that's, that's not the case. That's Brock Lesnar call. Brock, Brock, we, 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 we got ourselves in a pinch. We need you. That's need when you uh, that's when Trips talks about how we've got a unique way of replacing Drew McIntyre. <laughs> <laughs> let's be real. Let's go. Hey, Goldberg, can you can you do it, please? That's probably what would happen. Yeah. So I'm hoping that that's not the case for multiple different reasons. Of course, I don't want anybody to be injured. But here's a negative that I had. Why was the commentary table chunk being presented as like something that's really going to be the game changing end of the match? Probably just because they wanted to do 
a different. Yeah, everybody has tables. Let's do a chunk of the table. I'd have thought that the stair needed to be the case because they did the whole ramming the stairs into each other. I'll tell you what I didn't like. Uh, When people got to no-sell certain moves because it's what the match calls for. Like, I never liked when Shawn Michaels was in a tag match and a guy would get super kicked Mm -hmm. and into the pedigree. Yeah, because he just stands there instead of getting knocked out. And, like, that never happens anywhere else. Or, like, when, again, it's that Rey Mysterio thing of, like, I'm just going to go to the middle rope. Oh, yeah. wow. That's perfect. I didn't I, like I that. never go to the middle rope on any other match except for a Rey Mysterio match. I didn't like that uh, Sheamus no-sold the future shock because he had to just to get up for the Claymore. Yeah, ultimately, I feel like if you combine all the matches that Drew and Sheamus had into one match, it still probably wouldn't be as good as they could do. I think that they're better than that. And each on their own totally doesn't do it justice. So disappointed on this card. This was a highlight, but that's not saying much considering how much I hated most of this card. (laughs) And we had Alexa bliss versus Randy Orton. And I started to go, Oh God, just that when they did the black goop, I'm like, don't just make it the black goop and nothing else. But before everybody goes, oh, God, Tony doesn't like anything. This was better than I expected. Now, I'm still not loving the feud. It doesn't make anything that came before it better. I'm still not interested in Randy Orton versus uh, Ray Wyatt at WrestleMania. But I will give credit where it's due. I enjoyed this segment a lot more than I thought that I would. I liked the fire effect when Orton ran towards Bliss and then that came up to like stop him. I liked yeah. the part with the lighting rig falling and Alexa saying, be careful, Randy, the sky is falling. That was like my favorite part of the whole match. Uh, I like, I laughed when I think it might've been Byron. I don't remember exactly for sure who, who said it, but somebody was like, I don't think Alexa bliss got all of that fireball. <laughs> Cause it's <laughs> such a phrase that you see here all the time of, oh, I don't think they got all of that kick or I don't think they got the whole splash or whatever it might've been. They didn't get that whole punch. She didn't get all that fireball. Like, I thought that was funny. So I, like, I, I liked I, I this like more the, than I thought I would. I like Bliss selling the fireball. Like, she's just full on Harley Quinn. I got him. I did it. <laughs> I enjoyed it. Like, and I, this match really made me go, oh, they're going to miss this. When this is all over, they're, they're going to miss the manipulation of the TV and effects. And because this came off perfect or as perfect as you can do one of these things because you can manipulate it. Yeah. I mean, the Thunderdome crowd doesn't necessarily know that they're not on the screen and you could have recorded this ahead of time. They're literally just looking at a feed of the pay-per-view. Right. And even if they do notice, you know, that's where the, your suspension of disbelief comes in. We're just like, all right, well, I'm not going to pay attention to whether or not the guy in row three with the black hat on is still in the same spot during this match. No, that doesn't matter to me. Right. And I'm willing I... to believe in the fireballs and I'm willing to believe in, you know, like a lot of that, like 
the fiend of course makes his return because that was the whole point of this we knew that that was happening and and that's not bad either like for anybody who thinks i'm complaining about that i might not love the fiend and i might not love this story but this is the logical way it needed to go so that's not bad that that's predictable and i want to give them credit for this and it's sad because it's such a basic thing that we shouldn't have to put over but i like that the fiend looks like somebody who's been sitting in a pit of fire. Yeah, I like the whole charred, burnt to a crisp, uh, way overcooked than what I like my bacon type of look that he's got going on. And it looked perfect. Uh, Alexa Bliss pinned Randy Orton in a very suggestive manner. Yeah, <laughs> that's been like one of the things I'm seeing people talking a lot about. Yeah, uh, Randy's wife tweeted, Alexa, you might have just fucked up. And <laughs> I thought that's great. Like, she's been, listen, it worked out well. I want to see the Firefly Funhouse match that Callum presented on the prediction show. I think that would be a lot of fun. And at this point, it's better than nothing. That's the worst type of thing, though. Yeah, I, I I felt it as the words came out of my mouth. Like, like uh, I am always the type of person that when somebody says to me, well, things could be worse, I go, that's just going to make me feel awful. Because not only does that mean that the thing isn't good, that you're just going like, well, it could be worse, but it also means it could get worse. <laughs> and it's like, no, oh, it's terrible. You don't enjoy things if you justify it by saying it could be worse. Like, I don't know. That's not where I strive to go. And this was better than I thought that it was going to be. This could have been worse. Yeah. You know, after just saying that, that's that's the way that I look at this as being a highlight. Ultimately, at the end of the day, is it going to make me change my mind at all about any of the stuff that came before it and probably any of the stuff that's coming after? No. Nah. But you know what? I will say this. I was not feeling the rumored Bliss, Wyatt, Beth, Edge rivalry. Me neither. For what they're all doing to that. I don't know if I do, to be honest. You're just saying that because you don't prefer oh, Fiend and Wyatt. I mean, Fiend, Fiend and Randy. I honestly, I don't think that the Edge and Roman stuff is so great that that's like, oh man, but we would be losing that. I think the Brian aspect has saved it to a degree. And I think that the wasting another Edge match on a cinematic match with Bray Wyatt, I have no doubt that even at this stage... Randy has more matches in him than Edge does. Yeah. Let's get Edge in as many legitimate matches as we can. Well, we ended up getting the Universal Championship match. Before we get into that, I'm going to plug another thing real quick. I mentioned before Fanboys Anonymous, and I've mentioned how I'm particularly salty, but one thing that you're not going to hear me being salty about is when we keep doing our review to a kill podcast, because as we've been going through the James Bond film franchise, that's just like a happy time. That's like my, my good fun time of the week. Kind of. 
So if you are a fan of Bond and you want to check out the 007 series through our perspective, go ahead and check them out. Most recent episode that was uploaded was the Live and Let Die one. Actually, I should say the most recent episode that was published where you can check it out currently. But we've uploaded to... Yeah. What does it matter to you? The Moonraker one is the most recent one that we recorded. Tomorrow we're going to do for your eyes only. So stay tuned for those kind of things going forward on the Fanboys Anonymous channel. And the same thing when it comes to our Zack Snyder's Justice League review, because spoiler alert, I liked that. So (laughs) that was good. You know, you know, as the days have gone by, I think I like it even more just because I didn't expect to like it at all. And, and you know what else like, I like? The song Days Gone By. Yeah. Days Gone By and still I think, I think uh, good song. Yeah. So, yeah. Check that out on fanboysanonymous.com. Give a little bit of love to the blue brand. That Not just, song is in my head now. Yeah, there you go. You're welcome. <laughs> you know what song I had in my head yesterday for a good portion of the day? Is it uh, Video Kill? Uh, take a Picture. By Felter? The, do you want to take my take picture? picture? Yeah, yeah. filter. Yeah, Here's had that stuck in my head. No idea why. Good song, though. And copyright strike. <laughs> this, is, this is why we need the all-talk show. This is one of the many reasons why we need the all-talk show, which could very well become therapy hour. <laughs> Let's talk about that Universal Championship match because we were just talking about Edge and because that match was the next match on the card and the last match on the card. It was a main event. So... I was hoping that this would be a really good match. I do think that it was a really good match. Daniel Bryan against Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns retains. And I liked that they were telling the story throughout the match where Bryan was the quicker and more technically skilled wrestler between the two. Whereas Roman Reigns has more of the power game. And sometimes he was kind of locking himself into more of a submission mode, even though Daniel Bryan's more of a submission specialist. But I liked that dynamic. I liked how often it seemed like Daniel Bryan was really working his way towards a potential win. Never once, of course, thought that he was actually going to win it, but you're making me believe that, and that's what's important. So I liked this match quite a bit. This was a really good match and a really good example of the storytelling elements that you pick up along the way when you have been a main eventer in WWE for a long time, Edge, Roman Reigns, and Daniel Bryan are three of, like, some of the only guys left, maybe Randy, and maybe nobody else, who can legitimately say they've been in there with Taker. Roman got in there with a bad Taker, but he's been in there with Taker. He's been in there with Hunter. He's been in there with Dave. Uh, Bryan has been in there with all those guys and John. Edge was in there with all those guys when they were still full-time. And they pick up elements along the way where everybody played their part so well. From Daniel Bryan out-wrestling Roman Reigns, finding all these ways to get him into the, the yes lock. Edge having to take over for Rudy Charles when Rudy Charles took a bump and was never seen again. <laughs> uh, like I like that. I like that Jey Uso got in there because of course he did. He brought a chair into the mix and 
that ended up really playing into the end of the match. And they set it up perfectly. Daniel Bryan makes Roman Reigns tap out with the yes lock, but nobody's there to see it. And it wasn't like a forceful tap either. It was the most reluctant, soft tap. Yeah. Of like, that's what you uh, do when like you're uh, like a little kid. You're like, you know, watch out when you pet the puppy. <laughs> kind of thing. And it's just like, I don't want to do it, but uh, fine. I'll give in. Yeah. And he taps, but edge is down because uh, Dana Bryan had hit him with a chair accidentally going for Roman's head. <laughs> he hit edge in the arm and I still get a little queasy every time I see Ed take a bump. Yeah, me too. I'm not used to yet. Uh, and as soon as he got just... whacked with that chair, I'm like, Oh, he hurt his arm. And then I'm like, what? Come on. He didn't <laughs> like, but it's just me, my natural, like, Oh no, he's injured. <laughs> kind of thing. Like... I know. And it's like, Brian, you know, you think Roman's going to get the spear. Brian gets him into another, uh, yes lock. And Edge hits Brian with a chair. At this point, Edge can walk away and you've still set up everything you need to do. Nope, because then he beats the shit out of Roman with a chair. And he screams that, that, you know, this ring is his, this is his, throws the chair, leaves in a fit. And after all that, Roman's able to cover Daniel Bryan, get the three count, but there's no way around it now. Daniel Bryan has earned another universal title shot. He made Roman Reigns tap out. That's on film. It's there. Yeah, I'm curious where they go here. Uh, I'm and I'm starting he, to go more into the camp that you guys were saying about that you think it might be a triple threat. And he, But here's the fun thing. It doesn't have to be. Because WrestleMania is a two-night event. You're thinking that Easily. they're going... Uh, one night it's like Edge and Roman and Brian gets the winner or it's Brian and Roman one night and Edge gets the winner. Easily be either of three. If Edge wants to do two matches, it could easily be Edge and Brian and then Edge and Roman. If they want to do, hey, here's a swerve. Here's, you know, Brian and Roman, Brian wins. And then Edge and Brian. Yeah, there's ways to do this now. And it's at least more unique than, well, they're doing Edge and Roman, and it's going to make him at night too, and Roman will win because he can't lose. This I'm interested. Yeah. I'm. I, none of this is, uh, there's not a single thing on this card that I would have booked. Right. And nothing on the road to this WrestleMania is how I would have done it. But. I go into every show hoping that it's the best show. And I'm going to go into WrestleMania hoping it's the best. I'm not going to expect that to be the case, but I'm going to hope. And when they do a thing like this, where I'm a huge fan of Daniel Bryan, big fan of Roman Reigns, big fan of Edge. When you put people that I like in a scenario, I'm going to have more faith in it. And... Sometimes it's blind faith and sometimes that works out really well. And, you know, Shawn Michaels, for the most part, he hasn't had a bad match. Then Crown Jewel happens. <laughs> you know, it's it's not always a foolproof kind of thing. Yeah, you can you can forgive Crown Jewel. I don't know if I can. <laughs> we can all forgive Crown Jewel. Yeah, I love, listen. Look, Crown Jewel would not would have happened if Undertaker would have beaten Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. I'm just saying. Oh, well, that, that's clear. 
So but, we're but, still in the worst timeline, and I'm pretty sure that everybody still... has beards because of that. <laughs> it's still very clear <laughs> that Shawn Michaels is the best worker in that match. Yeah, well, I mean, when you got, uh, you know, Kane's losing his head, <laughs> quite literally. Um, I'm I'm interested to see where they go with this. So at the end of the day, when it comes to Fastlane, the main event did its job. And the Rollins and Nakamura match, I thought that's not the type of thing that I think you should really book on your go-to last show pay-per-view that's going to start off Peacock at WrestleMania season but the Rollins and Nakamura match was good and it furthered the Cesaro thing so that's a positive and I liked the Bliss and Orton thing more than I thought that I would it's still a C minus in a C of a bunch of D segments in my mind but it's more of a thumbs up than I thought that I would give it and then there's of course just a lot of it didn't need to be on this card. And I really feel like this should have just been half of what Elimination Chamber was. And you could have cut out half of the Elimination Chamber too. Yeah, I mean, at this point, it's funny. But The Miz feels like five years ago to me, mentally. Yeah. That's amazing. The mind is amazing. What is the mind? No matter. What does matter? Never mind. <laughs> Simpsons is so good. Uh, well, at least that those seasons were. But anyway, yeah, that's uh, that's Fastlane. That's our go home pay per view of sorts to WrestleMania, which means these next three was it three? Yeah, three episodes of Monday Night Raw and SmackDown have to do the heavy lifting for everything that is not 100% figured out by now. And the things that are figured out, you got three weeks that you got to figure out a way to fill it with something. So I, I'm not feeling so great heading into Mania. Stranger things have happened, and weirder pay-per-views have been amazing. But I really don't want to look back on this and go... That's the trajectory it was heading. They released Andrade. Did that just like officially happen? That just happened 44 seconds ago. Huh. All right. Well, there you go. That's <laughs> a impromptu hot tag. I, uh, was that wow. announced on uh, WWE.com or was that announced on um, Twitter? Probably Twitter. Twitter. Of course, of course Twitter. It's always Twitter. <laughs> it's just Twitter. Ah, oh, God. It's never That's tout, man. Tout. Tout. <laughs> all right. Well, Andrade will be added into my list of people who are no longer on the roster anymore. And we will, I guess, probably talk about that a little bit more when it gets to the hot tags or something. Yeah, we already talked about the idea that he was gone. So maybe there's not that much. Unless there's like some kind of a story comes out about it. But they did the right thing. If he wanted out, then let him go. What's the uh? What's that phrase about? Like, if you love something, let it go. <laughs> if you love something, let it go. And if it's meant to be, they will come back to you. Turns into a butterfly and something. Mm. What the hell are they playing at? Guess five says. Uh, about with the Andrade thing. Yeah, well, I think what they're playing at is 
it's not wise to just let somebody in your camp sit there and be miserable, especially when they're engaged to your top female superstar. Still curious about that poster. Just saying. Plot, the plot, plot thickens. Does thicken, doesn't it? <laughs> so yeah, that's the fast lane recap. I don't think that there's anything else that's going on, but if there is, of course, we will factor that into the rest of our stuff leading into the next few weeks. We're going to know more information about WrestleMania by tomorrow night, or at least we should, because on Monday Night Raw, eventually you're going to get to the point where you're going to have to start announcing the rest of the matches because we we can't have two uh, pay-per-views. Just do what they did last week and just announce things randomly. Yeah, I'm not looking forward to that. <laughs> I want to know my card at least, you know, two weeks before Mania. I think that's not too much to ask for. I would like to as well. Any other thoughts you think of that we can uh, wrap this up with? Um, yeah, let's see. Same for everybody in the chat, too. Um, I'm glad that Andrade got what he wanted. I'm glad that uh, Fastlane's main event was very good. Marco I says uh, Charlotte to AEW. Imagine that. I don't I think it's think happening, but imagine that. Brock Lesnar go before they let Charlotte Flair go. That would be such yeah. a weird thing, though, if it's just Ashley Flair is here and, you know. That's just my personal take. Like I think that they would let Brock Lesnar go before they let Charlotte Flair go. I think that they'd let NXT go before they'd let <laughs> Charlotte I think they'd, they'd, yeah, they would let every single NXT superstar go before they let Charlotte Flair go. <laughs> All right. I did some of my plugs already. Uh, some of the other things you guys should already know by now. The merchandise shops, T-Public and Redbubble, for instance. There's also the fact that we'll eventually have some other wrestling-related content on the uh, Road to WrestleMania side of things. For these next few weeks, like the Hall of Fame discussion, we're going to do a wrestling with the past for the Hall of Fame leading up to that, probably the week before WrestleMania. I think that's where we're kind of looking at right now. Might do an edition of Hall of Lame, might have another entry in the Smart Out Moment Hall of Fame, probably not on podcast form, probably just on the website because that's what I've been doing the past few years, but that's something to stay tuned to. There's also... The WrestleMania 19 live walk uh, walk along walk through walk along. watch yes. along. <laughs> We're just gonna walk. We're gonna walk alongside WrestleMania 19. Yeah, you know, have it on a leash. <laughs> just gonna... <laughs> We're gonna do that watch along. Most likely on the 28th at around noon Eastern. Still not a hundred hundred percent positive about that, but that's the way it's pretty much looking like. So. Make sure that you are subscribed to the YouTube channel and you ring that little notification bell so that way you get that email notification when we do go live. I'll have the little ticker on the screen so if you show up a couple minutes late, you'll be able to sync up correctly with us. It's not going to be quite the same as the fact that the Peacock thing doesn't have the rewind and everything. You can't really rewind and catch up Did at the same time. Did you watch Peacock tonight? Nope. I figured, you know what? If it's the last chance that I get to get the WWE Network to work well, I'm going to savor that. <laughs> and I had no problems with the WWE Network. I did watch it on Peacock. I had no problems, but I did see a lot of people complaining. I saw some complaints about the picture quality. Some people said that it looked like 480p. I've seen some complaints that their feed, they needed to, to restart it a couple times. 
there were, of course, plenty of people that didn't know that you can't pause and everything. And they're like, I started this midway through. And what do you mean? Like, that's not, I can't do that because that's a problem. And some people not even being able to log in correctly. So hopefully they iron this all out. They've got a couple weeks. This was a soft launch. Same. Yeah. So that's happening. Lots of other things are happening. And things are happening on Rob's side of things as well. They are, as you can hear me typing up. I'm currently typing up the story about Andrade for Fightful.com. And if you want, you should really subscribe to Fightful Select. It's breaking a lot of news. They broke that retribution story long before it happened. They broke some Hall of Fame news that you might want to get to know. And they'll be breaking more later in the week. So go to Fightful Select. Check out uh, Rob at Dude Felice on Twitter as well. (laughs) I I have my own shit to plug. I'm on Twitter at Dude Felice. You should check me out there. Stay tuned for more, hopefully, coming in the future. And yeah, uh, you should also check out the Paul Heyman Smackdown podcast that I did with Callum Wiggins. The whole podcast is now up on YouTube, and there are dark casts up on the Patreon. And you should also check out the 2001 Wrestling Odyssey because we give you guys a lot of content. And we, you know, the fact that you guys check it out means the world to us. Yeah, it very much does so. And thank you for listening to this edition. Thank you for whatever support that you're giving it, whether it's a like or a, just a listen or a buck or, you know, a share, a follow, a favorite, an applause. There's a, there's a lot of ways that you can do that and positive comments and stuff can go a long way. And just knowing that there's somebody out there listening can make a big difference when it comes to just spatting out your opinions about stuff. <laughs> so real. I greatly appreciate everybody in the live chat and everybody listening that wasn't able to join in live. And if you're enjoying the way that we're doing these live, let me know that as well too, because I'm going to hopefully not have the issues that I had at the beginning of this going forward. By the way, I figured out what it was. You know what the problem was? What? Twofold. One being okay. that my microphone setting, let's blame this on Logitech G hub had set my default to set the default. So it was literally not picking up a microphone because it didn't say that it had a microphone set. And the fact that I was hearing myself doubled up, it was because I had the live stream not muted in the background. Oh, <laughs> So yeah. that's why I was hearing that. So well, it's, silly it's part user problem and part, well, I didn't update that. <laughs> One of those kind of things. So... <laughs> That won't be an issue the next time, most likely. And, you know, we've done a couple of these, but you're still getting the hang of things. And the next time around that we're doing this, at the very, very least, outside of the WrestleMania live watch along, is going to be the pay-per-view point stuff for the next couple of ones. Because WrestleMania week is going to be insane with the amount of podcasts that we're going to do. There's going to be post shows for practically everything. And I'm sure I'll... Uh, I'll be fun to listen to once I don't sleep, and I'm just gonna be talking about uh, talk about T Bone all over the place. <laughs> listen, you've talked about steaks, you talked about pizza. I'm getting kind of hungry. We gotta we gotta stop doing snack talk. And we I didn't do stop doing it in the middle of other podcasts and just do snack talk. I didn't do a ten points if you got the reference thing for this edition, so I'll round things out with this one. Ten points if you get this one. How'd you know my nickname was T Bone? 
because you play sports and your name starts with a T. I you don't know, know what, what it, is. it is, but that's actually funny. Yeah, like that's, that's real good. It's a comedy, so drop it in the chat if you know it. Is drop it, it in the comments, and we will uh, see you next time, everybody. But for now, this has been another Smart Out moment, and we're being counted out. Thank <laughs> you.